That's a great question. Am I on the right path? Okay. Fair enough. What? Wait, what? When is COVID ending? Yeah, I want to know that too. Um, what else? Yeah, welcome to the club. It's a very exclusive club. People have to meet certain criteria to fit in. Uh, okay. All right, or else you're kicked. That's right. Uh, yeah, okay, so what, what, how would you phrase that in a question for God? What do you want to know right this minute? Mm. Okay, what are the commands of Jesus? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I... In another day and time, uh, almost, almost like another lifetime, I would have said, well, you've come to the right place to, for answers. Um, but the, the more we go along in this world, um, I think that, uh, I think questions are more important right now. And um, so, uh, this is the place to ask those questions. Um, this is the place, instead of saying this is the place, you've come to the right place for answers, I'm going to say you've come to the right place for questions. Because it's together, it, questions force us to, to um, gather so that we can help one another in these questions. And there, there are more questions will help us to be a fellowship more than answers will, I think. We trust that the Lord will not um, let that, that God will give us what we need. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go along uh, in that path. While at the on the other end of that, we we wonder is God really for us? So um, <clears throat> so we're gonna we're gonna tackle those uh, those questions tonight. Um, any other comment on heartbreak or what you want to know from God? Yes. So, what's your question? Oh, the heartbreak. Okay. So... The heartbreak of saxophone abandonment. Okay. Um, you know what? We could make a joke about that, but we're not going to because it's a heartbreak. Um, and how, 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 important is, how important is art and music? I mean, you die without that. So, yeah, I hear you. The saxophone. Yeah, it's, it completely sucks. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I'm glad you said that because um, it, it is, when, when we have something that's 
beautiful to us and it's a treasure, um, be it art or be it a person or, you know, whatever, um, to lose touch with that is... Uh, I have a family member who is suffering with mental illness, and I want to know right now, when will this person be whole? Um, I want to know that right this minute. So, we these things, you know, that we, we want to know. Um, so, let's look at this Let's look at, I'm going to read several passages of Scripture. And here, here, here we go. First, from Deuteronomy 20, 16. However, in the, cities of the Lord your, in the cities of the nations the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, do not leave alive anything that breathes. This is God speaking, uh, actually it's Moses speaking to the children of Israel. In the cities, the nations, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Do not leave alive anything that breathes. Joshua 11.14 The Israelites carried off for themselves all the plunder and livestock of these cities, but all the people they put to the sword until they completely bury anyone that breathed. Numbers 21, 2, and 3 Then Israel made this vow to the Lord. If you will deliver these people into our hands, we will totally destroy their cities. The Lord listened to Israel's plea and gave the Canaanites over to them. They completely destroyed them and their towns. So the place was named Hormah. Joshua 6, 17 through The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpets sounded... The shout of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 4. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites... Ammonites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you've defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. No mercy. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods and the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. Numbers 33:52. There is an end to all this. So, um, <clears throat> drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their carved images and their cast idols, and demolish all their high places. 
Joshua 11, 11 and 12. Everyone in it they put to the sword. They totally destroyed them, not sparing anyone that breathed. And he burned Hazor itself. Joshua took all these royal cities and their kings and put them to the sword. He totally destroyed what the Lord had commanded. The whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills and the mountain slopes, together with all their kings, he left no survivors. He totally destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Um, okay. Wow, there's more here than I thought. Uh, hang on just one second. Um, and First Samuel 15.3. Okay. I'll read this and we'll close with this. Um, and by the way, when you want to ask a question, please let me know and we will pause and answer it. But I also want to tell you something else about that in just a second. Okay. First, this first hello to why. Um, that's weird. Okay, all right. Anyway, um, here's Samuel. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women. This is, okay, this is Samuel, God's prophet, speaking to, to King Saul. Go and attack the Amalekites. Totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Now, did you see a theme developing in all of that um, scripture passage? A theme, anybody? Yeah, wiping people, <laughs> wiping people out, absolutely. And by the way, if you do want to, uh, you can send questions in through Slido if you want to do this. Um, sli.do or slido.com you can go to that website go to mwitc I get it yeah enter what <laughs> this is if you if you want to remain anonymous and then enter okay um yeah, sound waves. That that's a that's the coming thing. I, it's the coming thing. I, I exactly. It's the coming thing. So Slido. Okay. Um, yeah, wiping people out. Now, what moral does this does this do these passages raise moral questions to you? I mean, I I I have talked to people that have had different differing opinions on this. So. Does this raise moral questions for you? I mean, uh, honestly, people talk about the Quran and they go, the Quran tells people to kill, um, to kill everybody. Okay, well, how about the Bible? Um, so, I'm not equating the two. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, we just read a lot of stuff like that here. So, does it does it raise moral questions and if so what are those questions that this raises for you? You know, these passages make me have to defend my faith a lot. Okay. What do you say in defense? I mean, it's like it's like asking a 
great that we're having a discussion tonight. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, okay, so some people ask those in order to manufacture sort of a gotcha, a gotcha moment. But what if somebody really said, is this how God is? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, we're talking inf infants here. Okay. Okay. All right. That is an extremely um, good. So what you're saying is maybe somebody God, but they misunderstood in God's name. Yeah. And and I anybody ever heard this before? Okay. What do you think about it? Uh. Yeah, if it wasn't really God, then how can you trust what the rest of the Bible says? I mean, that's a fair question, too. Um, so, okay, so we're wondering, you know, was this really God? Other people say, well, if that wasn't really God and they misunderstood that, how do we know they didn't misunderstand something else in the Bible? What other questions does this raise? Judson. Okay. Yeah. And and that's the that's really a question, isn't it? Um, it, it that's a that's a haunting question. It's what if I'm what if I'm misunderstanding that, you know? Um, other moral questions. Ooh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Have they crossed a line somewhere and God said, so is it possible then to, the question then is, where's the line? And am, am I going to cross that at some point? Um. Okay.
That's a good, that's, you kind of brought up an obscure passage of scripture there, Scott, uh, but that's, that's a good, you, you did. I know, it's like, uh, that's true. And, <laughs> and, and well, I, it, fair, fair question or fair comment. And Scott, um, I, I love the distinction you, you put there. You know, is, is this, does this mean that they are, they are damned to hell? On the other hand, if I have a little baby and that my little infant child, and it is taken from me, and somebody says, well, this baby's not going to go to hell, but I am going to slit its throat right now. Um, I don't find that very easily. Um, so, and I'm not pushing back. I'm, j I'm simply engaging your uh, comment. Um, okay. Good night, everybody. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What? Oh, yeah, I know. That would be... <laughs> yes, what I've always wanted. Okay. Um, an essential characteristic of human beings is that we have... Uh, uh, okay. I don't, I don't really mean to get too fundamental here as far as building a, I don't want to build an entire uh, finely tuned watch here. I don't want to start too far back and, you know, but you're talking about. Um, I don't want to get too deep is human beings, a, an, an essential characteristic of human beings is that each human being is a moral agent. You know what that means? It means that you represent the power to do things that are right or wrong. You have the responsibility to do things uh, that, are, that are right. You have that responsibility. You are a moral agent. You can do right things. You can do wrong things. The things that you do have moral weight. They are either right or wrong. Each and that's that's part of being a human being. You're not a mushroom or a jellyfish. Although somebody, I read an article questioning whether mushrooms can think. I really did read that like two weeks ago. Isn't that weird? Okay, that would be odd. Okay. Um, anyway, just try to forget that. Uh, but the. You, you have moral responsibility, okay? Now, um, that's, that's very important as we go on here because if, if your uh, moral responsibility, in other words, if God intervenes and keeps your action from having rightness or wrongness, then... Um, you would cease to be a human being because that's how he made you, okay? He made you to be able to do right, to, to have the power to do right or wrong. Yes? Uh, I'm not trying to it's too late. 
yeah. It's, it's already too late. Yes, yes. Yeah, gotcha. Yes, um, a question that I so want to talk about, but we would get off the beaten path right now. So will you save that? Okay, okay. all right, yeah. Yeah, all right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. And and there's a there's a what we call hard headedness is really a um, we're very power we're 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 God yes but he gave us great a great power to something that we treasure and so when we decide to do something we are we treasure that will so much that we resist any attempts to to change it uh, because to change means that that we uh, are that our power is being taken away from us that's what we that's what we fear but anyway I, I take your point now keep keep this in mind because we have responsibility to do right and wrong um, we will affect this creation. We will destroy or we will build. And um, the universe will function exactly as God designed it. And it will yield um, consequences according to our actions. That's how God made it to be. If we... Um, put forth our hand in violence, we can kill somebody. Okay? This is what happened in Genesis with Cain and Abel. He rose up and he struck his brother and Abel died. So it, there are consequences. The universe it yields consequences to our actions. Okay? Um, I, I, I want to ask you... Um, to think about this very, very carefully. If, if our actions have consequences, then they mean something. There's no such thing as a meaningless action. Okay? So, with that in mind, would you please talk briefly at your tables about this question right here? In... Oh, dang it. Okay, there we go. In church circles, we often hear the phrase broken world, okay? In what sense is it broken if bad consequences result from bad actions? Isn't that the way it's designed to work? So talk about that at your tables for just a couple of minutes.
Okay, everybody. Um, what what do you think? What what are your thoughts on this? I'm 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 really curious about this. What are your what are your thoughts on broken world? Caleb, you have thoughts? Okay. <laughs> it, so it's broken because we broke it. That that's okay. All right. Yeah, or some somebody along the line yeah. was gonna yeah was gonna screw it up. Okay, okay, yes. So Right. Well taken. All right. I, I think I heard you mentally say, so there. I think, I think I heard, I'm not quite sure, but I think that's what I heard. Yes. Yes, okay. So you do not speak for the entire table. You speak for Judson and Judson alone. Oh, Lord. Okay, yes. So facto, what? Okay, all right. Okay. Okay. That is so intriguing, I can hardly stand it. Uh, really, that is amazingly intriguing. I disagree with Okay, all right. All right, the, the senator from San Antonio uh, yields the balance of his time to the good senator. Yes. <laughs> Senator from Babylon. 
yeah, okay, so Rudy, you, you have anything more to say other than you flat out steamroll his uh, argument? You actually raise a good point. There are some people who say that we know what good is because evil ex- exists. Um, but that's, yeah, but, but, but that is, I know, Blaze doesn't, he doesn't, yeah, he finds that lame. Uh, okay, so, all right, these, see, this is exactly, this, this is such great um, thinking here. Y'all, y'all are amazing. Um, oh, yeah, yes, Scott. Well, does it? Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, no, I, I think, I, I think there, there is that element in there. Yes, Scott, that's, that's exactly right. Here, here's, the, here's what... Here is, and y'all, at each, each one of these statements that y'all have made here, even your thing, Lane, um, is... Is, is worthy of, of a whole conversation, but we can't, we just can't do it right now. But here, the best answer I know, and this is my opinion, and I think an awful lot of it, because that's how we do of our opinions, you know, we think, oh, that's why we have our opinions. Uh, but I would say that the world is not as broken as it could be. The world, and I, I think we might... Um, catch some people off guard if we, you know, when they say, well, this broken world, it's not as broken as, as it could be. And they'd go like, what? Um, okay, because here's, here's what happens. God mitigates, in other words, he contains, he limits the harm that could result. He, limit, he mitigates harm for the sake of the survival of the human race. Let me give you an example of that, uh, biblically. This whole law of Moses uh, that comes to us, especially in places like Exodus 21, Exodus chapter 21, hear these words from Moses. But if there's further injury, then the punishment that must be paid is life for life, for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for for bruise. Now, I've heard people say that that is so primitive. Where is the forgiveness in that? Where is the mercy in that? Eye for an eye. But you see, this is, and many of you have heard this probably, but this is, this is what was happening. God was setting a put out. That is not a reason to start a war. It's a reason to rein in the... Moses says you are to rein in those impulses. You're not to burn down his house. The, the payment for that, or the response for that, is the eye. An eye for an eye. Not a burned down house for an eye. Not raping and pillaging a village for a bruise. It is, it is eye for eye. So... Moses is revealing that God is beginning to set these limits. Because remember, especially here with these Hebrews, they had been 
in Egypt for over 400 years, and, and Moses was taking them out of Egypt, and he was saying, I'm going to start completely over. We are going to rebuild everything that you thought you knew about how the universe operates, about who God is, about creation, about, you know, there's, there's a reason that Moses is said to be the author of the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, because he was rebuilding people's awareness of the world. He was building an entire society. This is what Moses was doing. And I'm telling you, he had to tell them, do not sleep with your mother-in-law. Not many people today need to be told that. But uh, these people needed to be told that. They needed to be told how to go to the bathroom. Seriously. Potty training an entire nation. It's in the book of Exodus and number. Seriously. Here's how you... Here's how you go relieve yourself, and you take this spade and, you know, all that. He goes into that detail. But anyway, uh, we won't get too scatological here tonight, but not eschatological for the seminarians among us. But um, anyway, but, oh, that's good. That's, that is awesome. Lane. But seriously, y'all, this is, this is Moses rebuilding an entire nation. And so he was saying, here are, the, here are in these particular instances, as it, as it relates to human beings living with one another, these are the limits. So God, this is just one example, God mitigates the harm. He puts limits on the harm that can result for the survival of the human race. Here's how Paul in the New Testament formulates this. He said, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. This is his purpose. Now, how is that similar to what Moses says? God, um, Paul says that God is not allowing a continual feedback loop of evil and destruction. How far evil can go and how far destruction can go and he reigns it in and good results from that. And when that happens, when that happens, the human race survives one more day. Now, this is, um, there has never been to knowledge, a scripture, a, a collection of scriptures like this that will delve into the very um, purpose of human beings and the very way that human beings work and the, the way God designed them to work. Now, the same consider considerations apply to the genocide passages, okay? And here's where I, I want us to listen very carefully here. The Israelites and the Canaanites entered into war with one another. You know, I read those passages. The Israelites and the Amalekites entered into war with one another. Now, in the abstract sense, 
apart from any religious consideration at all, when two civilizations go to war, how do you think that's going to play out? When two civilizations go to war, what happens? People die. And more often than not, no distinction is made between, you know, military and civilian targets. I mean, it's what we call total war. Total war. This was, you know, now we, there's a lot of talk now about limited conflict and, you know, what? It is. It is. Total war has been the history of the human race. <clears throat> so, when two civilizations come into conflict, the Israelites and the Canaanites, for instance, the Canaanites saw the Israelites entering their land, entering their region of the earth, the Israelite, and so they saw them as a threat. The Israelites entered, and they saw the Canaanites as an obstacle. So the Canaanites saw the Israelites as a threat. The Israelites saw the Canaanites as an obstacle. How's that going to work? Total war is going to result. They were already going to kill. They were going to exploit. They were going to torture. They were going to mutilate. They were going to abuse their enemies. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that that is, you know, sweetness and light. I'm just telling you that's how this goes over and over in our history, and certainly with the, the Israelites and the Canaanites. But God said, he, he said it in context. He, said, here, he gave the Israelites, they were already going to war. They had already decided that. And God could say, no, you're not going to war. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to allow you to make any decisions like that. But that's not how God, it, time and again, that's not how God, we make decisions. God does not, the will, he does not freeze the human will in place. We make decisions, good or bad, we make decisions. And crossing the will of someone uh, is not what, uh, or, or stopping the will of someone is not what God is going to do. So war was coming, okay? War was coming, and they decided to go to war. So God told them, here's how this is going to play out. Now, the question I have for you is this, the two questions. Why didn't God stop the killing once they went to war? And why doesn't God stop killing today? And this is a question that many people ask. If God is God, why doesn't he stop all the suffering and the killing and the so on, so on and so forth? So talk about these questions briefly, and then we will uh, get back together and wrap this up, okay?
Okay, everybody. Um, I know I know that's not very much time, but um, it, and I can see a lot of uh, exciting conversation happening. But I will say the best answer, the best answer, the, a better answer. Let me hear it. But um, the best answer I know is that God doesn't stop the killing. Then our actions would be meaningless. Okay. It's sort of like when people are still talking. And uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, I know y'all are having awesome conversation, and still it goes on. Um, but is, is there, if our actions are, then God is not going to stop the consequences in most situations. If, if God stopped every bad thing from happening, then nothing would have any meaning, right? Does that make sense to you? I think it makes sense to me. I'm trying to... Right, exactly. And, and as a matter of fact, how would, and I think, Judson, you're the one who brought this whole thing up about... Um, getting better or improving, you know, how can we move toward being morally good if none of, none of the consequences ever happen from our actions? You know, sort of like you were saying, Scott, if, if we do something and nothing bad is going to result from that, then we can't move to a person who, into a grow into a person who does good. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Here's, okay. What I'm saying is, we would live in a meaningless world if our actions carried no weight. It would be a, we would just be in a video game, basically, I, I guess, and we would just start over with another life, you know, with another set of lives. Um, huh? Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, okay, that's true. But there was some conversation at this table, too. What, what did y'all talk about here? Rudy? Uh... Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, when, um, I think one thing that we can't see as Christians is, oh, once we have accepted Christ into our lives, yeah. it doesn't just mean that we're going to just live our lives continuously the way we feel. So uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain, we are living in pursuit of a life that Christ set out for us. Yeah, yeah, a absolutely. Struggle, um, and rightly so. Judson? Okay. Uh, All right, and that's sort of 
following along from Blaze's thing there that I'm so uncomfortable with. Um, oh, well, throw me, the, throw me a lifeline here, Judson. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, all right. All right. But okay. But but would all these families with their infants being slaughtered? I mean, would they say? You know, it's a, oh, okay. All right. All right. So so what I'm saying here is these people were, and their actions carried moral weight. But God mitigated, you know, we, we talked about God drawing boundaries like eye for an eye, not a burned village for an eye. So here, is, here again, God was, in all these passages that I read, God is mitigating the harm. How is he doing that? Um, he mitigated it not in immediate scope, but in effect. We're saying that out loud. It just sounds ridiculous. So let me, let me say this. He is, he is mitigating the harm in what ripple down through time. Here's what I mean by that. In these passages, kill every man, woman, and child, infant, uh, all the animals, whenever God says that, what he was saying is he knew that Israel was going to go to war anyway. But he was... He narrowly um, sets the boundaries for the military action. The military is not to go beyond the enemy at hand. It's not to go around indiscriminately to all nations, killing everybody. It's to kill this one group of people. Now, this sounds hard to hear. Please stay with me. You cannot change a culture immediately it doesn't work like that people are not like light switches you know I had a light switch up here but I don't anymore gosh that was gonna be good um, I was gonna turn it off but I can't do it but anyway people what happened to that? Uh, people will not change immediately it's not how they work I, if, if you are sad and I say to you, stop being sad, what? I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. It takes effort and processing and all of that to, to change the emotional experience you have. So why in the world would we say... Um, Okay, nation who's known nothing but revenge killing and all that, you, you are not going to do any of that. It wouldn't work. Uh, yeah, right. It, it, it would not work, and nobody would learn anything. So, um, so the, God said, if you're going to do this, since you're going to do it, um, these commands from God, the nation is not to develop a bloodlust. Uh, 
these commands from God were meant to teach Israelites to associate the killing of women and children and animals. They were taught to associate that kind of killing with violations God had identified. Now that is, you may think, well, that's terrible. That sounds awful. It is. But this is what God had to work with. I mean, this, uh, I mean, he could have said, uh, all wars are going to stop. But that would be an artificial way to run the world. What he did say is, since you have decided to do this, then you are to kill women and children and animals, and you are to associate cultures uh, forsaking of me. Okay? He, he taught the Israelites to associate this killing with violations that God himself identified, not with their own framework of vengeance. If, you're, if I need to say that any clearer. Now, over time, what happens is that this gets the people into a disciplined way of thinking. Only killing, killing is only to be done in this instance. It's not to be done on a whim. It is only to be done in this instance. Well, from that point, you've already moved from killing can be done indiscriminately to killing can only be done in this instance. And from that point, you can move to some violation forgiven and killing won't result. And this is what the prophets came to talk about. They came to say, now that you've learned this discipline of killing only in certain instances, consider forgiveness. And then centuries of reflection produces light. This is how revelation works, everybody. Jesus was the fulfillment of where that law was going. And he said, you've now reached a time where you can bear to hear. Do good to those who curse you. Jesus could have come down from heaven to the Israelites and he could have said that till he was blue in the face and they wouldn't have understood that. But see, the whole people gets to this point. This is why we do not now accept that God will command us to kill or to commit genocide. We now understand that. He will not do it. Because the human race has been brought to a point that they can understand that. Um, we have enlightenment now. We have light that the Christ is the light who gives light to every person who comes into the world. That's not to say that we're superior. We're not superior. And see, this is what these Twitter crazy uh, things say. They they. They hold people to standards. You know, we, we say, well, back in the day, people um, were horrible people. That's not true. We are not superior because we're late. That's called chronological snobbery, if you think that. Um, what? We're standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, exactly. But we say, 
we're not superior. Um, we're not superior. God is patient. That's the thing. God is patient. He says, you're only going to kill 35,000 people. You're not going to kill everybody you come into contact with. And then he says, okay, now that you've learned to be that restrained, here, we're going to go the next level up. You're going to forgive your enemies. Level up. You're going to do good to your enemies. And this is what Christ himself did. So, is the Old Testament God different from the New Testament God? No. You know what's different? We are different. We change. We are different because of exposure to God's patience. And we are different because of our exposure to God's kindness. And God's kindness, Paul says, leads us to change to repentance, to changing our minds. God will do many things, but he will not do for us the things that are our responsibility to do. And one of those things that is our responsibility to do is build a fellowship with the world so that they can come in and sit and cry and learn to hope and for a pandemic-ravaged world, we are God's answer. Together, the church, the hope of the world. Um, this is where we've come to because of God's great patience. He started out with people who would kill, who would kill for a theft. They would kill an entire village and then he brought them to a place where they would only kill in certain tightly prescribed circumstances tightly proscribed circumstances and then he brought them to a place where they would forgive and then he brought them to a place where they would do good and we still kill we do and we still have a long way to go um but we are, as a people, and especially as the church, we see that God is not, doesn't have a bloodlust. God was never content with leaving the human race to slaughter. But that's what he had to work with. And he knew that people had a will that he was not going to tinker with, but he was going to limit. God will not kill us. He will save lives with us, but he will not kill us. So if anybody says to you, the Bible condones the killing of infants, you can say to that person, that's where God started with the human race. When the human race met God, that's where they were. But it started with the killing of infants, but it ended with the death of a Savior and resurrection. 
in the whole story of the Bible is the transformation. And this is where we are today. And this is our hope. Okay. What? Anything? Yes, sir. Uh, anyway, no, I'm kidding. It, of course. Yeah. That's right. That's that's what happens when Christ transforms a heart, isn't it? Yeah, right. This, this, this is God's business, isn't it? The history of the human race. He is, he's transforming us. Yeah, that's right. We all, um, there's, there's hope there. And when you begin to read, when you begin to read those violent passages in light of this is what God had to work with, taking us through this cosmic transformation, then you can begin to see a pattern there towards hope and towards life, okay? So, thank God. And y'all, your amazing conversation is driving me crazy because I want to follow every rabbit trail that you have uh, laid out here and we can't do it so we're going to try to figure that out in the weeks and months to come so keep thinking and keep conversing okay uh, here's what we're going to do as we leave here just spend a few moments praying for one another around these tables praying for one another around these tables and then we'll call it a night okay thanks everybody